0: To South Sudan and focus on the voice of America. I'm Nabil Biadjo in Washington working on this program via remote. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Monday, December 26, 2022. President Salva Kiir pledges to work with his arch rival Riek Machar to realize peace in South Sudan.
1: I want to tell you today that I have forgiven Dr. Riek Machar, who has been fighting me since 1991.
0: And the South Sudan government says it has secured $3.7 billion, which will be used to improve food security.
2: This amount was to be used in various activities, to be used in the flooding, to be used in the
0: disaster management, to be used in all aspects and agriculture. We will have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. In his Christmas Day speech, President Salva Kiir pledged to strengthen ties with First Vice President Riak Machar and urge the country's leaders to focus on delivering basic services to citizens. Waki Simon Udu reports for VOA from Juba.
3: Speaking to a congregation at St. Teresa Cathedral in Juba during Christmas Day prayers, yesterday President Kiri vowed to open a new chapter with his first deputy, Riak Machar, and acknowledged that fighting among the country's leaders has taken the nation backward and increased the suffering of its people.
1: We went back again and, and fought among ourselves. Something that increased our sufferings, and we have been condemned by the whole world because there was no reason liberating the country and then turn the same guns against ourselves.
3: Kir said again that he has forgiven Machar despite the two leaders' past bitter relations. He said South Sudanese leaders need to work together to deliver services to citizens.
1: I want to tell you today that I have forgiven Dr. Yel Machar, who has been fighting me since 1991.
3: It's not the first time he publicly announced his intention to reconcile with Machar. He has done it several times, including at the signing of the 2018 revitalized peace agreement. The country's civil war, which erupted in late 2013, began over a power struggle between Kir and Machar within the then-SPLM ruling party. Tens of thousands of people were killed and millions of others were displaced during the conflict. Kir said South Sudanese leaders should focus on developing the country, including improving its infrastructure, such as roads. He noted that in recent years, floods have devastated many parts of the country, including Western Equatoria State, which did not experience floods in previous years. The president says it's time for leaders of the country to put aside their differences and focus on delivering basic services to citizens.
1: We should concentrate on how we serve our people. Power struggle will not take us anywhere. We have to, to look to our people, how to serve them.
3: In an aside, Kiri explained to congregants why he has not been attending mass in recent months at Juba's St. Teresa Cathedral.
1: I have been absent from the church for some time, not because I don't want to pray in this church, but because there were elements in the cathedral, whenever I come, they talk and... but I have forgiven them.
3: In his message, which was posted on Facebook, Kir called on South Sudanese to cherish the warmth of their families and friends and reaffirm their commitment towards peaceful coexistence with their neighbors. For VUAN News, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. The
0: World Food Programme has given South Sudan a $3.7 billion grant for disaster management and food security over two years. The South Sudan Information Minister said Friday the funds will be used to control flooding, manage disasters and support agriculture, among other things. Some South Sudanese say the government should use the money to boost agriculture and buy food for those affected by floods. Dengai Deng has the story for VOA Bor. South Sudan
4: Information Minister Michael McQuay told reporters in Juba after a Friday Council of Ministers meeting that Vice President Nyan Deng secured the WAP grant.
2: The, the cabinet listened to a, report, a presentation from Her Excellency Rebecca. Madam Rebecca Nyandeng, the Vice President, on her uh, mission to to the World Food Programme on the country, st- strategic plan 2020-2023, 2024, and in her uh, deliberations over there and contracts, they managed to negotiate uh, for South Sudan a sum of 3.7 billion dollars, being an aid or grant to the the people of the republic of south sudan
4: Makwe says the funds will be used to prevent flooding in the future and improve the living conditions of citizens over the next 2 years
2: this amount was to be used in various activities uh, uh, to be used in the flooding to be used in the disaster management to be used in all aspects and um, agriculture so Uh, All the ministries ministries were directed to read their report and pick the areas of their concern and they start to develop them in the form of projects.
4: Board resident Jacob Nial-Adak says the government should use the grant to improve security and invest in agriculture
5: so that the country can produce enough food to feed its own people. Agriculture is the backbone of every country. And even now, as we have seen, uh, the WFP uh, brings uh, food commodities. So where do they get them from? They get these items from agriculture. So uh, I, that the country has, is supposed to embark on agriculture. The country is supposed to give at least whatever it has to make sure that it supports agriculture. And the first thing that the government should do is to improve on the security, especially in the rural areas, so that our local community embarks on agriculture, especially in the rural areas. And that is what we are known for. We are a nomad community. And this is what we live for. So I, 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 I hope if the government improves on security and people embark on agriculture, there'll be no more dependency on uh, WAP items.
4: ADAC says the government has not been transparent about the money it receives. This time, he says, the national government should deliver basic services with the WAP grant money so that it regains the trust of the international community.
5: So I expect the government to utilize this money and to be very accountable and transparent to, to, to the citizens, so that the citizens enjoy uh, the fruits of what they have just had of $3.7 billion. So, I expect the government to put them in infrastructure, construction of roads, uh, bringing of water, schools, putting of electricity, and, and an improvement of security, I mean, in security.
4: Musa Mahadi, the well-put program's communication officer in South Sudan, says he has not been informed about the $3.7 billion grant, but expects to know more next week once his colleagues return to work after the holidays. The United Nations says 8 million people may be severely food insecure at the peak of the lean seasons between April and July next year. And women and girls are likely to continue to be at risk of being attacked while carrying out their daily routines, such as patching firewood. OCHA says South Sudan continues to be the most uh, violent country for aid workers. Since the beginning of 2022, nine humanitarian workers have been killed in the line of duty in South Sudan. Most of them were nationals. For VOA news, I am Deng guiding in Bor.
0: With only a few days left before 2023, some residents in South Sudan's Lake State are expressing their feelings, expectations and aspirations for the year 2023. V.O.S. William Sunday Mabor collected these Vox Pops on the streets of the Lake State capital, Rumbek.
1: I wish in the year to come, which is 2023, that we, the Catholics, be example to all Christians. We have really wounded ourselves. In our country here in South Sudan, we have wounded, wounded ourselves in such a way that it is difficult for forgiveness to take place. A sin which has been committed has to be admitted. It has to be acknowledged in all of our country, South Sudan. And I wish 2023 be a year of resurrection for our people, our citizens of South Sudan, and all our brothers, all the Christians, especially our brothers who are Catholics. And even other religions, like Muslim, like all other people.
6: Next year, immediately, when you see that the rain has dropped, mm-hmm. let's all of us go to the garden and we dig. Because we have security, no one will kill you again. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, now there is no food, there is no one, at least go and cultivate so that you can get something out of your garden. Even though the government is trying to help people out and all the other, then at least you have something. In case you have cultivated and the flood may be destroy your crop then there at least the government will find a way to help you when you have tried all your best so this is what i'm encouraging all the citizens we expect in 2023 we will be have peace in 2023 to be better than this year to be have peace and harmony
0: we expect this peace to be permanent more than before more than the one of this year we expect that will be the time our citizens disarm their mind from hostility to a full, peaceful mentality. We are also asking our government, since this peace is supposed to be for the whole region, we need a disarmament, massive disarmament for all. We ask disarmament through our local chiefs and the youth leaders to surrender them peacefully.
6: Indeed, I always wish that the road is, that is the infrastructure, is properly constructed. That is in tarmac road, such so that people can easily move to collect goods and services from the other states. So this could ease the life of uh, citizens who are living in lake State. On the other hand, I always wish that next year, the school infrastructures and all the public and private infrastructures are level for the people living with disability to assess it because they are also human. And they also need to be included in every activities that people are doing in State, so that these people are also important in our life. Disability is not inability. To the people of South Sudan, my expectation for 2023 is that I want to see the government, the national government to implement the election which they have really said that is going to be in 2024 because when the election is done a lot of other things that happens will really go off because there will be no more fighting, there will be no more communal conflict, especially at the states where we are in State. when the national level is peaceful we are also peaceful at the states we also receive the services like the issue of good road, we also you know, have to get a lot of things that the citizen demands, a lot of demand that we really need the education system to be an effective, you know, sector that has a strong uh, support to support teachers because there's a lot of complaint every time that teachers go for a strike, the university lecturers go for a strike which is really a stress to the nation. If they don't look at it as a side that really affects them, it, it's, it's really, you know, discouraging as a citizen, as also people who knows what is in the government. So let the government of South Sudan try to achieve the desired goal that they have said that they will have to implement the peace agreement because it is the revitalized peace agreement that will fade the way and will also give the peaceful uh, nation a way to develop other things.
4: My expectations for the year 2023 are quite enormous. One of those is to see myself growing and achieving more because. As an individual, you need to achieve more in your life. So uh, I am very optimistic that uh, the year 2023 will be a year of my growth as I continue searching for you know better uh, opportunities uh, for my own growth. And I'm also very optimistic that the year 2023 will be a year of peace in my country, South Sudan, that people will... Coexist peacefully as brothers and sisters of the same country, of one country. In 2023, okay. we need country stability. We want to have love among
6: ourselves, and we also embrace this peace. I would also like to ask the citizens of South Sudan to remain stable, love ourselves. We even forget these tribal activities, and we have even to embrace our national unity, accept duties, so that our country can progress and we engage in a system of nationalities.
2: Uh, my expectation is unity, harmony, and stability of the state within Lagi State and the borders of Lagi State and South Sudan at large. Uh, my expectation based on uh, development, my expectation based on uh, improving living standard of citizen of Lagi State and people of South Sudan, my expectation is that 2023 should be a year of peace and harmony
6: the year 2023 my expectation let the security be improved that is one second to it at least let the economic crisis be at least reduced. like the dollar rate at least it should be brought to normal and even government should think about the, 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 the about the major agricultural sectors like having a government government jobs whereby people can be given commodities at a reduced price and again let me talk about education like there are some schools which are not having libraries like public public school like this university of brumbeck i wish government at least to bring textbooks so that they can be put in library
0: those are the voices of some residents in lake state capital Rumbek as they look to 2023 You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, we have a look at expectations for food prices in 2023. Stay tuned.
7: What do you think?
4: People speak out on important questions. The question
6: today...
0: Where do you get your health advice from?
6: Sometimes I get my health advice from my grandmother who is at home. When I'm sick that I can't control myself, she'll help.
2: I get my health advice from my friend, colleague who live together. Well, those who know about, those who have been experiencing more problems but health, they don't advise me through phone, we talk we each other, discuss
1: everything.
6: My dad, because my dad is a doctor. I'd say I get my
8: health advice from various places. The internet, my parents, because I have my mother is a nurse.
2: My health advice, I get it on the internet. If I need something on how to deal with obesity, I get it on the internet. Anything I need pertaining to health advice is on the internet.
7: What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA.
0: You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. The United Nations says high food prices in 2022 led to a crisis of affordability that has pushed millions more people into hunger. VOA UN correspondent Margaret Bashir talks to experts about the situation and what to expect in 2023.
8: 349 million that's the number of people on the planet who don't know where they'll get their next meal according to the un's world food program and the number is growing the agency says by the end of this year it will have fed a record 150 million of the most vulnerable Experts say a combination of factors is driving food insecurity. The COVID-19 pandemic, conflicts, climate shocks, including historic floods and droughts, energy prices, and Russia's February 24th invasion of Ukraine. Arif Hussein is the chief economist for the World Food Program.
9: But even before the war in Ukraine, the food price were at a 10-year high earlier this year. Fuel was at a seven-year high. We were already talking about inflation. So when this war came on Ukraine, it magnified everything.
8: In part because Ukraine and Russia are bread breadbaskets for dozens of countries. Will Martin is a senior research fellow at the Washington-based International Food Policy Research Institute.
2: Ukraine and Russia are important players in production, world wheat production. Their market shares are about 4 and 8%, um, and a uh, much bigger share um, in world exports. So if you don't have freely flowing grain from the Black Sea Basin, um, then you're going to have – Uh, very big problems uh, outside
8: the war also drove energy prices up on fears of supply disruptions and sanctions on russia's oil and gas exports fertilizer prices are up 250 percent from 2019 according to the un half of global food production relies on fertilizer and small farmers who cannot afford enough have seen their harvests decline Again, Arif Hussain, the WFP's chief economist.
9: Right now, with all that is happening, we are looking at essentially a shortfall of about 66 million tons of staple foods because of shortage of or, or unaffordability of fertilizer. I'm talking about crops like uh, wheat, corn, uh, rice. Now, that 66 million tons of food, that is enough to feed 3.6 billion people for one month.
8: Looking ahead to 2023, food security experts are watching fertilizer availability and weather. Maximo Torero is the chief economist for the UN Food and Agriculture Organization.
9: In the case of wheat and corn, it will depend a lot on what happens with the weather. Argentina, for example, right now has some issues of of weather which could be affecting the harvest, and that's something that we are observing very closely. The same could be happening in the U.S. The
8: uninterrupted flow of grain and fertilizer from Russia and Ukraine under the Black Sea grain deal will remain critical to global food security. Rice is the primary staple food for half the planet, and experts are closely watching production. FAO's Maximo Torero.
9: In case of rice, we are already observing a reduction in the supply because of lower planting. But rice, luckily, we have a lot of stocks because the previous years were pretty good.
8: Economists say the strong U.S. dollar is increasing monetary pressures on dozens of poorer countries who are import-dependent and need debt relief. WFP's Hussein.
9: If you're a poor country, if you're highly indebted, if you happen to import your food, your fuel, or your fertilizer, you are in trouble.
8: Amid the rise in food insecurity, the UN recently named its first famine prevention and response coordinator to lead its system-wide response. Margaret Bashir, VOA News, the United Nations.
9: Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government.
7: The international community has been rightly concerned over the threats to international peace and security posed by the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, including the launch of ballistic missiles, preparations for a nuclear test, and cyber attacks against cryptocurrency infrastructure that fund their weapons of mass destruction programs. But 31 countries, including the United States, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and dozens of other nations across the globe, recently turned their attention to the deplorable human rights abuses suffered by those living in the DPRK, and they issued a joint statement on the matter. U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Linda Thomas-Greenfield delivered the joint statement following a closed-door U.N. Security Council meeting. On behalf of the 31 countries, Ambassador Thomas-Greenfield noted that the DPRK government is one of the worst violators of human rights in the world. More than 100,000 people are held in political prison camps where they suffer violations including torture, forced labor, summary executions, starvation, and gender-based violence. Those not in political prison camps are refused fundamental human rights, including the freedom of expression, information, and even freedom of thought, she stated. Citizens from other countries have also suffered abuses, including summary executions, assassinations, surveillance, intimidation, abductions, and forced repatriation. On behalf of her fellow representatives, Ambassador Thomas Greenfield expressed particular concern with the human rights situation of citizens in the Republic of Korea detained in the DPRK, abductions and enforced disappearance of Japanese and Republic of Korea citizens, and unrepatriated prisoners of war. The statement by the 31 representatives noted that the regime's ongoing human rights violations are inextricably linked with the country's unlawful and destabilizing weapons program. The coercive system of the regime diverts resources to weapons development, even as the North Korean citizens suffer from severe. Severe economic hardship and malnutrition. The modern world has no place for such brutality. We commend and support all efforts to hold perpetrators accountable, the representative stated. These human rights violations threaten international peace and security, and it is time for the Council to address it publicly. We urge all Security Council members to support an open briefing in 2023 where we can discuss the human rights violations and abuses committed by the DPRK, the implications for peace and security and explore ways to incorporate human rights into the peace and security diplomacy in the korean peninsula
9: that was an editorial reflecting the views of the united states government
0: And that's all we prepared for you this Monday. Don't forget to check out voaafrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. If you miss this broadcast, go to www.voaafrica.com forward slash South Sudan. We now leave you with the song Seda by JJD Musica.
10: Evangelio. <laughs> <Anima> Maria. <laughs> Seida. We carry to move like a disaster. He am a legend. the Maria Oh Maria, 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 Maria,
0: J.J.D. Music and the song Seda. I'm your host, Nabil Biadio, in Washington. Thanks for allowing us into your homes, cars, and on your phones.